I just sometimes like to hold the mic and see how long it takes to get awkward. It was awkward right away, wasn't it? Yeah, we're there. We should start. Listen, um, you know, we, we do these Mission Sundays. Um, I don't know when it's too much, but I, I, I think it's so important for us to be reminded constantly that the kingdom of God is bigger than our church. Don't you think so? Good. Five or ten of us. Great. It is so easy to just see, like, you know, the kingdom through our lens. And so when, um, when TJ and Jordan were like, hey, we'd love to come share, I was like, man, if, you'll ta- if you want the Sunday after Thanksgiving, it's all yours. And they didn't even have to pray about it. They were like, yes. So this is TJ and Jordan Whitley. They have started a ministry called Faith Alive Ministries. Fam, I love what you did there. That's so good. It's, yeah. Faith Life Ministries, and they're going to come share um, just about what God's doing. Uh, they have a local em- em- emphasis, but they also, I know you just got back from India, so you'll be sharing about that. They just, they're, they're us, right? Like, we're not trying to recruit you to our church because I know you have a church. But we believe that simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. Like, when you just simply say yes to God, it's amazing the story that he will write. And I just know, I can't wait to hear more, but I just know a little bit about what you've done and they've just simply said, okay, <laughs> if you're opening the door, we will step through it. And God's just writing a beautiful story. So lean in this morning, right? Shake off those post-Thanksgiving whatevers, and let's, like, let's hear what God's doing. So would you welcome them? Give them a big gathering welcome as they come. Well, good morning. Like Paul said, I'm Jordan. This is my husband, TJ. And uh, you guys are family um, to us, whether or not you knew it, you are now. Um, So we're going to talk to you like family today. Is that okay with everybody? Awesome. Um, I actually have known Paul and Wendy. I was over there counting for like 18 years. And I'm like, man, that's a long time. It's a long time. And you guys really are like our extended family. Um, You know, we go to church. We do children's ministry and a lot with the men over at Harvest. But um, there are so many familiar faces here, and it was so good just the way that you welcomed us this morning. Um, I actually wanted to share something with you that I heard towards the end of worship. What you have here is so special, and it really is so refreshing to see a church here that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit and just lets him have control and doesn't rush through worship. That was one of our favorite things about India is just that, like, they didn't care about time. We called it India time. There's no such thing as time time there. There was no concept of needing to move on to the next thing. And that's so special in a church because you really allow God to move. And uh, close to the end of worship, I saw God as a father who was just so proud of this child of the gathering of the family here really we I I laugh because um, TJ we have this is number six that's coming but so we have five children at home one of them's here with us today and um, she's 18 months and she'll do stuff and TJ like just falls over it you know the other day (laughs) the other day he came and he was like come look at what Mira's doing and I went to check and she was sitting on her knees and he was like, look at her sitting on her knees. Isn't it great? And I was, was like. the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> but we joke around and he'll say, she's so perfect. She is not perfect. But in a father's eyes, he looks at her and says, 
oh, she's so perfect. And that's exactly the words that, like, I saw God saying over the gathering was he just looks at your church and he's like, oh, it's so perfect. Like, it's so special. It's so beautiful what God's doing here. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to encourage. It's funny you say that because I, I saw the, the smile of God mm-hmm. and I, I heard him say, I love my kids. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just you guys. And it's so wonderful to, to watch you walk into the presence of God. See, there's church and there's American church and all that. Now, but then there's the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. There's, there's his children and there's a difference. Yeah. And when you walk into the presence of God, like, like we talked about earlier, things just start changing. And you see the, the real children of God when they sit in the presence of God. Yeah. And it's, it's already been such a blessing for us to be here. We just want to say thank you for having us. Um, it's such an honor to be able to come and share with you what God's doing. And, uh, yeah, we are. We're from a, a, different, a different church body locally, but we're all part of the same body. And we have the same heart. Man, there were so many things that were taking place during worship that I was like, oh, this just feels like home away from home. You know, it's like Thanksgiving when you go to your aunt's house and you're like, oh, this is just, it feels like home. And so um, the gathering feels like home to us. And we're just really honored that you let us be here with you. So, um, we do want to give you a little background about us, and, and TJ's going to do that, just so you know where we come from, because like Paul said, we really just saw an open door, and we're like, okay, God, we'll just step right through that. Um, in India, we told people over and over again, we're just normal people, you know, like we're, we're nothing special. Um, you know, we, we serve the exact same God that you serve. There's nothing, nothing special about us, um, but we do have a pretty unique story, and we'd like you to know a little bit about us and kind of what led us to start the ministry that we're doing now, so... So actually in 2017, I believe it was, Jordan's husband left her. And in 2018, my wife left me. And Jordan and I never met before, didn't know each other. We had a friend that sent us like this dissertation of why we should date each other <laughs> at, at one point. And, uh, and I just got to the point where I was like, done. And I said, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Now, she sent me this text. Y'all, I'm, I kid you not. It said, hey, how are you? And I, I replied back, I'm 30. How old are you? It's not what I asked, but okay. No, it's not. She pointed that out later, I promise you that. Um, so it's, it's a neat story to watch when, when, you're, when you're in communion with God, you spend a time with him, he'll speak to you, he'll give you these, these words, and one of the words was, I, I had gone to Haiti with some friends, and there was this girl there, she was just a wonderful girl, I said, God, that's what I want, he said, no, you don't, he said, I have what you want, just wait, he said, you want the thing that I have for you, and that's Jordan. And it was, uh, she's been a, I mean, just an overwhelming blessing, a redemption in my life. But that's that's what God does, right? He redeems us. Mm. He doesn't just redeem you and, and your spirit. No, he, like, he starts to redeem every part of you. Mm-hmm. And you, you become this book that's being written for his glory. Yeah, and so how perfect, how perfect that the first Advent Sunday is about hope. Because I was thinking, God, that is our story. Mm-hmm. It's just the hope of God making something so beautiful um, just out of our backgrounds and what we've been through. So so we got married in 2020, uh, only after about six months of dating, if that. I think I proposed after about four months. I, I knew after 24 hours God told me that that's enough. So I just went ahead and walked away. <laughs> uh, but we've been, we've been together, and, and God was teaching us a lot about finances. Dave Ramsey stuff, and Jordan started to kind of, you know, budget well, did the every dollar budget thing. Man, God threw all that mess out the window. I listened to a Francis Chan sermon, and he talked about if you, if, if I'm old, if I'm 80, 90, whatever, and I'm on death's bed, 
And God said, and, and I starved to death because I gave everything I had to the kingdom of God. Wouldn't that be a way to go? Wouldn't that be a way to walk into the presence of God, knowing that you have given everything you had for his glory? And so we completely and immediately changed up how we were doing that. We, we, we started building something we called a kingdom fund, which was above and beyond our tithe. That's, that's what we considered to be, at the time, radical giving for us. And so we started storing this away. Well, about the same time, this, this guy started texting me from India. His name is Elisha. And I, I believed him to be a believer, but I, I had the, uh, this guy's a scam feeling, you know. And over the course of about four months, he, he would ask me for money. And I said, no, nah, I'm not doing that, guys. I, I just, you know, I, I feel like you're, you're a scam. We were in the Walmart parking lot in November of 2010. Mm -hmm. And Holy Spirit comes to me in my car and says, you will reach out to him and you will give him whatever he asks for. And I said, yes, sir. So I, uh, I messaged him. I said, hey, brother, how, how are you doing? How's it feel? Because you told me about the Lord. And we kept up a little bit over time. He said, what I did, he said, he said, I lost my job about a month ago. And we're about two days from running out of food. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, what do you mean? He said, with this breakdown of, of like the cost of everything, and, you know, in, in U.S. dollars, too. And, and I said, all right, we're going to send it. And we sent that. And then the following month, it was do the same thing and do the same thing and do the same thing. So this went on for, man, about a, a year. Six months to nine months, yeah. Yeah, so, somewhere around that, that time frame. And where we were helping to sustain this orphanage. And at one point, we, uh, we just started decided to um yeah we kind of go into your job yeah we we kind of um in the middle of 2021 we started really asking god what next steps were for us um, and what required big faith um i listened to a message that really challenged me and, and i asked tj i said what do we do in our lives that actually requires us to step outside of our comfort zone and and beyond the security because up until that point we were supporting the orphanage personally mm -hmm. um but even that we budgeted it in and so it wasn't really a huge stretch you know it was like it was some, it was comfortable giving for us and so we started asking god what was the next really big step of faith and the orphanage in india was really starting to grow so he started out with about five kids when we came on board there were about 17 18 kids and there were constantly more kids coming in so we started praying about the possibility of starting like a sponsorship um you know and Actually, at the beginning of 2021, TJ and I talked about what ministry would look like, and we said maybe we should just start researching, starting a nonprofit, and just get an idea of what that might look like. Well, by August of 2021, we created our 501c3 Faith Alive Ministries. Um, and a month later, after that, uh, just huge open door. Um, my job, I was a case manager and a nurse for an insurance company, and they said, we're actually going to be doing layoffs. And if you want to volunteer to go, we'll pay you severance to leave. And we were like, wow, okay, God. So this is what you're leading us to do. We'd already been praying about me cutting back and, and pursuing this ministry full time. And, and I'll say this was a challenge for me because I, I had start to build my, uh, my, my hope and security and in, in our incomes, which is so twisted if you think about that. But really, this was a big challenge for me, a big growth thing for me. Yeah, it was. And, um, and so we... I'd like to kind of explain where we got the name Faith Alive Ministries, and I'd like to read some of the Bible. Is that, that okay? 
It'd be great, right? It's always acceptable to do that in the church. So I was in my quiet time, and I was reading in the, in the book of James, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And I'm just going to start in chapter 2, verse 14, and, and just read a little bit to you. So it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And so Faith Alive became this, this vision for us to see the local body doing exactly what Paul was talking about earlier, you know, stepping out in faith and, and putting our faith into action. And actually, I was, I was looking at the Gatherings website last night, and I remember I've seen this on social media. I know that's the heart of Gathering as well because you guys have I Love My City where we're being intentional about actually going out and practically showing the world the love of Jesus. Our faith, not just being something that's contained here on Sunday mornings, but something that requires us to go out into the world around us and to put it into action. And so that verse, James 2.17, faith by itself, if it has no works is dead, that's kind of what we were born out of, allowing people to put their faith into action so that their faith is alive and not dead. We're finding practical ways to live out what we say we believe. Yeah, and we didn't want this to just be in India or across the globe because we have a heart for Stanley County, both of us. We have friends that have hearts for Stanley County. We believe that God is really just, there, there's something specific about Stanley County, and I, I believe you guys probably know what I'm talking about. You probably felt the same thing. Well, we got our second focus in James 1.27. It says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And there's, there's many verses that talks about widows and, and orphans and, and those that need us the most, uh, the most vulnerable. So that's where we really started to target our, our influence as best as we could through the orphans, which we had in India. And then we're, we were starting to do some work here with, with uh, foster care stuff. And I'll let Jordan talk about that in a minute. But really, uh, widows as well, we started to really start to focus on something that, that we felt was a an extreme lack in our society is there's there's women and men who need us out out there absolutely so our, our ministry was founded out of this need in Andhra Pradesh that's in South East India um, and we worked with Pastor Elisha for almost two years before we actually were given the opportunity to go in person because of COVID and just delays and things not working out with scheduling and so last month October after two years of kind of partnering and starting our sponsorship program, we were able to go in person. And uh, TJ created a video, if it's all right to have that pulled up. We'd like to show you just a little glimpse of our time there. And, and um, it's actually an interview with Pastor Elisha. And so you can hear from him um, exactly what started things on his side of the world. So we'll share that with you guys now.
So some of the biggest takeaways we had from India were, number one, the hunger for God, which was unlike anything I've, ex I've experienced. When I laid, I laid hands on a man who, who came up to me with tears in his eyes. He was an alcoholic. His wife brought, brought him up to me, and they, uh, he, I could tell he was just bound to it. I laid hands on him, and he fell out on his bed. And just, it, he fell out in the Holy Spirit. And it was, it was awesome and awkward, because I didn't know what to do with it. Because the guy was falling down. I was like, do I go with this guy? What, what do I do now? Uh, but a, another thing that we saw was the, uh, the genuine love that they have in, in the body and for other people who, who are not in the body yet. Um, and also, they, they, they experienced God through us in, in mighty ways that we didn't even recognize, if that makes sense, in ourselves. This Hindu woman came up to us with a baby in her arm. The baby had black face paint all over it, um, but it was sick. And she just wanted me to hold her, hold her baby and pray over her baby because she knew her gods couldn't heal it, but she knew mine could. It's, uh, it's powerful. The work in India is growing, and, and what started as just a handful of children sleeping on the floor of a sanctuary is now 29 children. Um, that Most of them are in beds, if, if we're being honest. There's a few of them that sleep on the floor just because of the sheer amount of them there. But um, I think what is m most special to us is how deeply these children are being impacted by the gospel of Jesus. Um, it's not just about feeding their bellies. It's not just about them having shelter. Um, there are six or seven of them while we were there. We asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? And some of them said, like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. A couple were like, I want to marry an American woman. Um, <laughs> so it's weird ambitions, but okay. Um, but there are six or seven of them that have already said, when I become an adult, I want to start a children's home. I, I want to do what Pastor Elisha is doing because they see the impact of it. And there are several that do want to be pastors and that follow him as he goes and, and leads ministry in other places. And so they're really being discipled and trained. And um, we were talking about it, you know, his vision for seeing expansion and planting other children's homes. There's such a potential for exponential growth. I mean, when you talk about children who are catching a vision and a heart for the gospel, um, it could single-handedly change Andhra Pradesh, if not the entire country. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's really amazing. Our hope is um, to build the boys' home. That's one of our, our big needs. The foundation's been laid, um, but like he said, he said the children are very much growing. Practically, it doesn't make sense to have boys and girls all in the same hall. So we've already laid the foundation, and that's one of our goals is this coming year is to finish out the boys' home mm -hmm. so they can be side-by-side side but in separate buildings. And, and did you guys see the field area in, in the video? So the, the orphanage is positioned right by a field, a massive rice field that is impossible awesome positioning by God because you can't buy land like that so if you have a building in India you have buildings around you that's just how it is it's everywhere and all the farms don't don't really have places to build on them this is such a unique area that butts up to farmland mm -hmm. and one of his uh, his dreams and visions is to purchase acreage so that they can farm and provide jobs for not only the children that are there, but people in their church body. Yeah. And to eventually even build like a, an apartment home sort of thing where, where children will come back and then provide more into the home. So it, it's like a self-sustaining, um, financially sustaining operation that, that he's talking about. It's godly wisdom. 
that he's been given. Yeah. So there are lots of ways um, for you guys to get involved in, in what God's doing in India. Um, we would love to talk to you more about that. We want to be respectful of our time here today. Um, and obviously, it's something that we're so passionate about. Just watching the video again, my, my heart swells because these kids have our hearts now. You know, we say that they, we have 29 children on the other side of the world. Um, and we'll be going back next October and, and taking a team. So there are ways that you can be involved with what's going on on the other side of the world. But there are also ways that you can get involved locally. So just like TJ was saying earlier, some of the things that we do are we partner with Stanley County Christian Ministries and West Stanley Christian Ministries and the nutrition program that does Meals on Wheels. So they're giving our information out to widows. And we get requests weekly almost from widows who need um, leaves blown or grass mowed or small home repairs that most most contractors don't want to mess with because it's too small of a job, but they don't have family nearby. And so we're really trying to connect them with a the local church and say, okay, here's the need. We as believers know that God's word says we should be taking care of orphans and widows. So how can we connect the two of those? So that's one of the ways you guys can be involved. We have a table set up where you can join our volunteer group. It's on social media. And that just looks like us putting out opportunities and saying, hey, this is available. If you have a group of men or a youth group or um, one of the big things is grocery delivery. There are widows who need food from the food pantry, but they don't drive. So they'll call us and say, hey, can somebody coordinate delivery? And that's something that anybody can do. Do. It's just driving down to the food pantry, picking up food, and taking it to the widow who's in need. So um, that's one of the ways that you can be involved with us. Um, and we're also starting to get into our local schools. So in America, we don't have orphans in the same sense that they do in third world countries. But we do have a lot of kids who are at risk for going into foster care. And that's something that's close to my heart. I was a foster parent and then a guardian ad litem. And um, there are situations where, man, we, we absolutely love foster care. It's important. It's necessary. Um, you know, if kids are in unsafe situations. But a lot of the times in our county, um, kids get flagged and look like they're being neglected because they make comments about not having food in their pantry at home. Or they say, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping on the floor because we don't have beds in our home. Or teachers notice they're wearing the same clothes day after day. So those are all things that we've told school systems. Hey, if you have families that are struggling because there's a lot of people struggling right now. Um, reach out to us, and we'll connect you with local bodies of believers who want to help out with those needs. That way, they know there's a resource that's available there whenever they reach out. So we're trying to cover widows and orphans across the world, but also right here at home. So. And there's actually more ways that the gathering can get involved. On April 22nd at Locust Park, we'll be holding our first annual kickball tournament. And that's going to be our first bigger fundraiser that, that we're going to do as fam. So we encourage you guys to make one or two teams, youth group slash men and women group, whatever you guys would like to do. But it's going to be a fun time at the park. There'll be vendors, um, uh, the craft vendors. There'll be bounce houses and food, food trucks, trucks and kickball and a park. It'll be, it'll be so much fun. It'll, it'll be a time just where the body can come together and support what we're doing. Yeah, we've got save the dates out at our table as well. So if you want to just mark that in your calendar, that way you know to be on the lookout for more information as we get closer to time. Um, and the last way that you can get involved, um, because we are a newer ministry, we've been around for a little over a year now, um, we're looking to add a couple more voting members to our board of directors. Um, so if there's anybody in your church body that you think, gosh, that is that person, like they have a heart for outreach, they love the community, they want to give back to the community, um, just come and talk to us after the service today. We'd love to tell you more about what that looks like 
looks like, what kind of commitment it is. Um, but we would love to have somebody from the gathering family on board just to say, hey, I want to I want to invest by pouring my time in wisdom or passion that God's given me for missions locally and internationally. So those are all ways that you guys can be involved. And um, anything else you can think of? No, we're just so grateful to you guys for letting us come here and, and pour out where, where our heart is and and hopefully it will be received by you guys. We love you with all of our hearts, and we, we pray blessings over you. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much. Good job. All right. Well, this has been TJ and Jordan's master class. Really, um, you got that this morning. Like we, are, we, I tell you all the time, we want God to send you. We want him to ekbalo people from this church out into ministry. And you just got a master class on what it looks like to be, um, when I say normal, you know what I mean. Like just a normal couple that goes, I think he wants us to do that. And then now look what God's doing through just their simple yes. So as we're out there eating today, please, if you feel the tug of God in an area of ministry, talk with them. I mean, eat, but talk with them, like learn from them, sign up, get information. Um, we are so thankful that you're here. Um, we're going to provide for you. We're going to give you an offering just for being here. But like I tell you all the time, you should know this is like something, a standard disclaimer when we have missionaries in the house. If you didn't come this morning prepared to give to the church and to give to them, you've got one offering, give it to them. Okay? God will take care of us. He always has. He always will. Amen, John? Yeah. Oh, I got two Johns going amen because we know it's true, right? Um, it's amazing what God does. So we feel the same way about missions. Our church is just, hey, we want to be an open door and send people. So by all means, if you can only give to one, one group, give to Faith Alive. Um, we just want to pray over you, and then we'll go eat. Father, I'm so thankful for what you're doing in our county and in our world. And just, um, just personally, God, I love to hear about India. And there are so many people in this church that have been to India that are burdened for India. And just as, we, as I heard TJ and Jordan talking, God, my heart just tugs again. And so we pray for that nation, God. I believe that your hand is on that nation. You are, you are raising up people in that nation to love orphans, to provide for them, to educate them. I believe that you're going to change the destiny of a nation through that generation. And so, God, we just pray over leaders, over spiritual church leaders in India right now. We pray for Koshi, God, as well. And so, God, we just pray that you would continue to protect them, that you would continue to position them exactly where you choose for them to be to accomplish your work in India. And, God, thank you for allowing us to partner with you on that. That we don't just sit here and watch, but we get to be an active part. Those are our brothers and sisters on the other side of the globe. And God, we thank you that you have brought another ministry here to remind us that your heart is there as well. And I pray that you would just provide all that TJ and Jordan need. I thank you for what you're already doing through them. I just was so moved as I heard their story of saying yes to you before anybody even knew. And God, I believe that there will be such a fruitful return on what they have invested in your kingdom there. Thank you for honoring us this morning with them, sharing with us, God, their heart and your heart. We just pray your blessings over them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.